And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ Podcast. My name is Michael Seips. You can find me on Twitter, at FFBlitz. And I'm here with my partners, Jeremy Bruin. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. <laughs> and Shane Manila. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. I don't know why I said it that way. It just kind of came <laughs> out. <laughs> Very formal. Like I feel like I should do a PowerPoint presentation. Right now. I think maybe we, our room is a little different tonight because we have a, a, a guest tonight that's going to be um, pretty fun. Uh, but before yeah. we before we do that though, uh, so, what do they call it today? Uh, Black Monday. Yeah, so many people were fired today, right? And I know you wanted to bring up a couple of those, but before we do, we have to say it's brought to you by FantasyData.com. Yeah. Use the promo code TRADESHQ, all in caps, fantasydata.com, TRADESHQ, all in caps. And we're kind of breezing through this real quick because we all three of us want to get to our guest. Um, but so who are, who are the people that are, I mean, what is there, six teams now that need coaches or something like that? Well, finally, um, Adam Gase has been relieved of his duties. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what's funny is the ESPN article, I read about it yesterday, even said finally. And then it went like, <laughs> when he was hired before last season, I'm like, son of a bitch, it's only been two years. Yeah. And they only won nine games in two years. And two of them were the worst wins that he could have ever gifted to that franchise because he took, although we'll say, um, he possibly took Trevor Lawrence away from that franchise. Oh, that's right. For sure. Possibly (laughs) because, I mean, real quick, everyone, anyone on the Jets is worth a buy now, right? Like on their offense, like Denzel Mims, Bashard Perryman, uh, not Frank Gore. Uh, Sam Darnold, even if he might not be there, like we're buying all these guys for the bounce back. Yeah, I think from you're happier. Yeah, I think you're happier to have them now for sure. Although you know, buying them low is that that time's over. But yeah, you know, buy sell, just depending on what you need. But definitely, uh, you want to get in on those guys now with a better, got to be a better coach, right? I mean, come on, Who, unless it's Hugh Jackson, could they be worse than Adam Gase? I don't. <laughs> I, I, I could do better than Adam Gase. I know we make fun of NFL coaches all the time. And I'm sure it's a hard gig, but that dude's a fun You'd at least guy. find somebody that knew what they were doing to do some of this stuff, not exactly. just try to do it badly for an entire season. It's so funny when he was here in, in Miami and then they let him go. We were like celebrating. We were all happy. And then all of a sudden yeah. the Jets signed him the next day. And then we were even happier than the day before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they almost helped your Dolphins make this, uh, the playoffs this year um, <sighs> with those two wins. But – Man, man. Um, <laughs> but the only reason that Trevor Lawrence could still might could end up in New York. Is might still could. Yeah. Is because Douglas Marone was finally fired. He's Jacksonville. And yeah. there's rumors that Urban Meyer is going to be there for 12 million a year. And which Big pick much. do they have? Jacksonville has the number one overall. So I see here on the notes, you say, is Urban Meyer coming? And will they take Justin Fields? I mean, maybe I I I, w- I would be surprised. I get not not completely surprised. I could see that happening, but maybe it's really Trevor Lawrence that he's after to coach. But regardless, with maybe. the one hundred and one going to a new coaching gig and getting the first overall pick, you'd have to be stoked on top of the twelve million. I mean, I mean, and it's not like you don't have some weapons there. You have Lavisca Chenault. You have DJ Chark, who yeah, he had a down year, injuries and bad quarterback play. You yeah. have a, an okay backup in Gardner Minshew. You got James Robinson who. There's no reason to replace. Get yourself a tight end. I mean, yeah, throw another wide receiver in the mix and an actual honest-to-God quarterback. Oh, boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who is the number two pick? Jets. The Jets. So, so 
I mean, Fields and Lawrence are going to go one, two. It's just what order are they going to go in unless the Jets decide they're going to ride out Sam Darnold, which I, I don't think they'll do. Well, the funniest part of it all was everybody talking last night about the Dolphins now have the third pick thanks to the trade with Houston last year. And people are like, move on from Tua. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's buying that, I'm, I'd go ahead and buy Tua. <laughs> to it in your leagues this isn't a josh rosen situation it's not like he went out there and looked like he didn't know how to play football i mean he looked like a rookie that hadn't played in some time i mean people forget he missed the end of the season last year with a injury broken hip and and i know you know justin herbert and joe barrow look like you know the house is on fire out of the gate but there still wasn't an off season for these guys and Tua could have really used one so look i'll buy Tua if he if miami ends up moving him yeah, I somewhere agree. i agree you kind of have to and, and you got to give him a little bit of a pass that was a really significant injury he's a quarterback he's coming into a situation where unlike the bengals and the chargers there were a lot of changes in miami not just that you know tua i mean yep. a lot of things in in flux uh, more variables and I, I think you have to i think next year he's going to show people that he's a good quarterback and ready to take the reins so definitely good for him and then one coordinator position that came up, uh, Gary Kubiak in Minnesota yeah. is retiring. Oh. Which, I mean, I mean, just something to keep an eye on. It's not that I think Dalvin, Dalvin Cook isn't a great you know, receiving back, too, but it's something to keep an eye on because Kubiak definitely leaned on uh, Dalvin a lot. Didn't the Dolphins also let go their offensive coordinator? That was apparently on Roto World. That was apparently a fake Adam Schefter tweet. Oh, was it really? Because I heard it on the radio. That's funny. So that was fake? Yeah, Yeah, apparently apparently everybody uh, got got by it. (laughs) You know, speaking of injuries, uh, one of the things that was pretty amazing yesterday, I'm I'm not sure if you guys were watching the Tampa Bay game, but, you know, Uh Mike Evans got that catch, and then he went over 1,000 yards. So he's the first player in NFL history to go over 1,000 yards all seven seasons of his career. He past Randy Moss. It's really pretty amazing, yeah. And then three minutes later, the next play, he gets thrown to the end zone for a touchdown and his leg just kind of buckles and he falls down. And uh, all night they kept saying stuff about everybody thinks it could be serious and blah, blah, blah. But this afternoon they were saying that now they believe it's not serious and that it's possible he can even play this weekend. So Yeah, I just picked him up in a dispersal draft today um, and, and I was like, you know what? His floor is kind of a thousand yards, no matter what else happens. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, the odds are he's going to get a thousand yards, so I have no problem picking him here. It's funny. Now he's twenty-seven, seven now, so he's entering the, that age where people will tell you that he's old. Mm-hmm. Um, people have never really liked him much anyway because they Same listen to podcasts you. that tell you that he's a compiler. Um, okay, compile away, baby, every year. <laughs> um, he's he getting those catches and yards, baby. Yeah, he was he was really consistent this year, um, relatively speaking. Um, but that used to be a knock on him that he wasn't consistent, as if any wide receivers are outside of like three of them. Um, so he's a still a uh, strong buy. But real quick, I also saw, and this just came across one of our group chats, our patron chat. Oh, uh, John Elway is giving oh. up uh, general day to day operations. Yes, I saw uh, that for Denver. <laughs> kind of a promotion, but not really. But yeah, like so he can get more like higher in the office as if that's possible, but like less. You're not managing our football team anymore where you can mess it up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, please, please stop picking bad quarterbacks. Yeah. Osweiler and yeah. uh, 
Drew Locke, who I think they'll move on from, but he, I, probably, but we'll, they might, yeah, they'll bring somebody in, but they might, it might be next year. We still see Drew Locke, but we'll see rapping and, and slinging the rock. We'll see because there's a couple teams in the top 10 that in theory could, could look not to, to, to go quarterback. Like you, you figure Miami might pass on a quarterback, you know, Cincinnati is Philadelphia could decide to stick with Jalen hurts. Um, yeah, I see that. Denver sitting at nine, so they might be able to get someone there, or if they want, if they're really gung ho, it's going to be a fun offseason. They can move up and try again, yet again. Yeah, I agree. And, and at nine, they could really bring one of the other quarterbacks in. I mean, let's say Justin Fields were to fall or something like that. Well, you know, out of the top few picks there, but there there are a handful of quarterbacks teams seem to like, and I would not be surprised at all if they move on from Locke already and draft someone they think is going to run that offense, but we'll see. It's going to be a really cool off season after this crazy 2020 football season. My God, I can't wait for the off season. I was looking forward to it. It's going to be a cool draft too, especially for us down here. I mean, the dolphins have the third, the 18th, the 36th and the 50th. So we have four in the top 50 picks, you know? So <laughs> Shane shaking his head, man. It's I- awesome. <laughs> Unless you're the Cleveland Browns, you won't mess that up. I mean, you will get four good players. Speaking of Cleveland, hopefully the world will go back to normal and we can all be at the draft next year, you know? Man, I hope so. That's it's coming so it's coming up really quick. I mean, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I hope you're right, Mike. Uh, we get together and the Fantasy Football Expo in August. I think August 15th this year if they have it, you know, we'll all be up in Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hopefully that stuff works out. There's a lot of fun stuff on deck if it does. I this pandemic has been wacky. <laughs> yeah, that will be pretty cool. So, okay, we've heard from our guest. I know we've kind of gone back and forth. We haven't really told you who our guest is. However, if you're listening to this, you already see you already see it in the description. But our guest is Matthew Barry. And um, he's coming to us from the ESPN building where they're moving his offices. So he's going to be on his iPad, which is cool. We'll work it out. We'll have a little bit of a situation with levels, but it's all good as long as we have Matthew on the show. So why don't, Jeremy, why don't you bring him in and we'll go from there. Okay. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right, let's bring him in. All right, sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't have a, like, it's just on my iPad. I don't have a professional. Hey, we had your buddy Mike Clay on, and he uh, <laughs> he was so used to having that feed that you guys get from home from ESPN, right? Like the professional stuff. So he's on his own laptop, and we couldn't get the, we couldn't get his Wi-Fi or whatever. However he was hooked up, we could never really get it to work right. It, <laughs> He was he was a good sport about it though. But no, Mike's a disaster. I, you know, I, I feel bad that you guys had to deal with that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> didn't we also have um, somebody from DFB? I think it was Graham, right? Uh, who who ended up having to do the whole show from from his bathroom? Graham, Graham, yeah, Graham. Yeah. Graham the second or third time he was on, he was. <laughs> yeah, they have a small apartment. Yeah, his, his wife had some kind of a thing. Yeah, there you yeah, go. she had a Zoom happy hour, and he got banished to the bathroom. <laughs> Which is, by the way, can we just start the show with that? Okay. Start the show. Yeah, we just did, yeah. All right, good. Well, we're starting the show. So I just, I want to point out, look, I'm in, a, I'm in an office that's a little bit sparse. And make no mistake, in, in my family, my wife wears the pants as well. I, I'm with you. Listen, you know, happy wife, happy life, right? I, we're all here. Yes. But the idea that Graham Barfield would be shoved into a bathroom for his wife's happy hour, Graham Barfield, who's out here, Trying to promote a business. Like Graham Barfield, it's not like Graham Barfield's got that NFL network money anymore. <laughs> Graham Barfield's out there scraping for dimes and pennies over there at fantasy points, trying to make a go of this freaking thing. Like he's out there, 
He's panhandling in the fantasy streets, hoping for some loose change. <laughs> and he's out here. He's he's doing the the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, trying to get some pub, little love for fantasy points. And what happens is the wife is like, "I don't care. I need to get drunk with my buddies. Blah 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 with your career. Like, what's going on in that marriage? It's very. I have a lot of questions for Graham Barfield now. Very very upset. I don't know. Like, if he can't if he can't convince his wife. That uh, that a broadcast appearance to promote his new business venture is more important than her getting drunk virtually with her friends. Oh I don't God. know if I trust him with my fantasy advice. <laughs> right. I don't know if I trust Graham Barfield <laughs> to give me strong, solid analysis. Well, like you know, because you want somebody who's got you know conviction. You want somebody that's like studied the film and crunched the numbers. Is like this is where you got to pick this guy and not that guy. But Graham Barfield can't even get his <laughs> wife to hang up on her drunk friends to do a podcast appearance. Like, yes, you nailed it. Bathroom, like a child. Like, I love Graham Barfield. I, you know, up until 10 minutes ago, I had tremendous respect for him. But now I realize that Scott Barrett's the entire genius of that site. Right. <laughs> To, oh man! And to be fair, to be fair, it was early in the the pandemic. You know, it was it was it was a couple months. Well, in, that, so. that probably makes it worse. Like she <laughs> she not. needed a drink. That like it wasn't like she went months and months and months without it. She was like, no, it's right. been two weeks. You get in the bathroom. Hundred Shane got Shane nailed it. So think about it, guys. It's early in the pandemic. You don't know if there's gonna be a fantasy season. Oh my They're god! They're just starting this this website up. You don't know anything. You know, at all. You know, hey, honey, I got to make a go of this thing. Scott Barrett talked to me into this dumb thing. I'm trying to do it. Like, you know, could you ask your, your Yenta friends over there if they could get drunk an hour later? Could you drink by yourself until I'm done with this podcast? Like, there's a lot of ways that went. But instead, Graham chose none of those options, just said, no, honey, I'll go in the bathroom. <laughs> what are we even doing here? <laughs> and we didn't get a picture either. We didn't get a picture either. It was just a little logo on the screen. We just got a That's sound. <laughs> well, he was ashamed. Yeah, he was ashamed. He didn't want to take a picture of him sitting on, on the toilet. <laughs> Wouldn't let us see it. Yeah, of course not. But now that now that you broke it down that like that, Matthew, I think I'd like to be a co-owner with Graham. Like I think I could make a lot of the decisions. Listen, it's, I think if we've learned anything, it's that Graham is easily pliable and open to suggestion. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very dynamic. You should, just, you should DM Graham's wife and be like, listen, it's clear that we need some decision making going on here. I'll fine. I'll join up with, uh, you know, fantasy points or whatever. And I'll go, you know, whatever. I'll figure this out for, for Graham. Listen, you know. <laughs> Barrett's a smart guy. Hanson's a smart guy. They got a lot of smart guys over there. So, whatever. I mean, like, whatever. It's fine. You know, like, they're all carrying Graham's weight. It's whatever. Yeah, right. So I think the best part of this is we didn't even get to do, like, a, a, an introduction or anything. Uh, we just happened to be talking and shooting the shit about the DFB, and then we just kind of went into it. But it's I figured you, you were just going to, like, 
plot that in and like, oh no, here's Matthew Barry. Um, shit, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe we'll do that. We'll record like a little introduction. But but the best part is, I mean, even talking to Matthew in the group chat, when we talked about coming on the show, he said, oh yeah, I have plenty to say about the DFB and the people in there. So so it's perfect <laughs> right. that this is happening. Well, and it's tough. Here, because here's the thing. I, I, and I think, I think the people in the... Uh, and the DFB Invitational uh, are no. In all seriousness, jokes aside, it's a it's a it's a league that means. A, I discovered over the last two years, it is a league that means a lot more to me than I initially I thought it would when I joined it. Um, and it is because I, I put this out on Twitter. It is because I legitimately have a tremendous amount of respect for everyone in that league. You know, maybe not Davis, but. Uh, you know, <laughs> Davis Maddock, yeah. Just Davis, I'm screwing with you, Davis. I love Davis. So, no, listen, there are, listen. It's a it's a really really sharp, smart group, and every week is a sweat, and it's just it's a pain in the ass, and it's hard to negotiate. It's hard to get anyone on waivers. You know, the draft was a disaster. I mean, it's all it's an incredibly tough league. Um, I have so much respect, um, and so uh, you know, so but. It's tough. So, I mean, whatever. I'll still make fun of everyone. But um, uh, but what I will say is is that um, it's a challenge just because we have, to your point, we have a private group chat of the league. And one of the reasons I really like and respect the league, in addition to just that I think everyone in the league is a good person, I think everyone in the league is a smart fantasy manager, um, I think everyone in the league is an accomplished person in the industry that adds something positive to the industry, Um you know, and uh, so, so you know, for all those reasons, but we have it. But also the other thing is, is that we agreed very early on that everything that happens in the group chat is off the record. Right. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that we have this off the record group <laughs> chat, but we do. So yeah, what happens in the group chat stays in the group chat. <laughs> A thousand percent. The group chat is Vegas. And so what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So we have so. I have, um, and to the best of my knowledge, no one in the league has violated that over two years. We've discussed a lot of things over the course of two years um, about the industry, about each other, about the league, about, you know, just all sorts of different things. And so uh, I really enjoy that group chat. And, um, and for someone like myself who is in the public eye and has, you know, a lot of eyeballs uh, on me, not that anyone in the league isn't, we all are, but. Um, you know, I ultimately I work for the Walt Disney Corporation, right? I'm a full-time employee of the Walt Disney Corporation. For somebody who is, you know, uh, often in the public eye and have to really think about everything that I say and do, the freedom to um, you know, just sort of express myself or engage in conversation and banter back and forth uh, without fear of, you know, without fear has been really fun and great and enjoyable for me. And I've broken a lot of stories in there and no one shared them. So <laughs> a, lot of, right. a lot of my inside sources, I share my information in there and no one ever well, shares it. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, uh, this is very, very true. I'm just, I, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that the Graham Barfield bathroom story did not happen <laughs> in that group chat. Right. But now, I mean, we can go to, you know, now we can do that. Yeah, we never signed a non-disclosure agreement with Graham. I think we're all safe here. <laughs> but plus, the, sh- the plus, we did a show and it went out, so everybody already heard it. Yeah, um, it was fun. And then Scott Scott pops in all the time on our show and talks about things too. But but it's like you know, our Alec Baldwin, right, on Saturday well, Night Live, he just comes in. 
I mean, Scott's Scott's a young kid with nothing going on. I mean, you know, so like, Scott's a guy. Listen, God bless Scott. Scott's like, listen, man, same thing, Graham. I'm trying to make a thing of this. I'm trying to make a go of this this dumb website over here. I'll I'll go like. Like he's the opposite. Graham's like, all right, let me sneak into the bathroom for twenty minutes. Well, you know, wifey's, you know, glug glug. Like, but Scott Barrett, Scott's got no life. Scott's like, absolutely. Hey, uh, hey, Scott Barrett, literally ten minutes ago, was on a street corner with a tin can, just yelling at people driving by. I got my twenty twenty one dynasty ranks. You wouldn't believe where I've got Justin Fields. Like he'll do any Barrett will do anything. Great marketing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Scott's awesome. I think other than Scott, the the person that's been on our show the most would be um Bob. Bob Harris. Yeah, yeah I know. I started well, to cough. Curious. I was about to say Bob. <laughs> You were getting confused. You were just you were you weren't you don't even know you started to sun down. First of all, first first of all, Matthew, I want to let you know. I, I on your show, I heard how like Stefania Bell. Some of them were all joking around about your birthday last week and yes. and and your age. These three do this to me every single week. There's only two of us pop up. Oh yeah, there see you what go. we mean. Yeah, I mean you these two and our guests and our group chat. But I, I'm 52, so I'm one year older than you are. But the, the, they give me all the same crap that I heard you getting this past week with your birthday. Well, here's the difference, though. The difference between you and I, if I may, is that <laughs> sure. in this particular area, in this particular area, I'm not casting any aspersions, but <laughs> I have to sit next. And I do this every day in my life, whether it's on Fantasy Football Now or on the podcast that we do five days a week. I have to sit next to Field Minister Yates. Yeah. And Field is 32, but looks 12. <laughs> right. And, like, he's a good-looking guy. Like, he's been featured in Nantucket Magazine. He's done modeling. Like, so it just, it's, you know, I have to sit next to this guy who literally looks like Blue Steel, you know, for those <laughs> Zoolander, right? I mean, yeah. I have to sit next to a really young-looking fashion model, right? And you just have to sit next to these two schlubs. Like, seriously. Like, like, like right, you're a year older than me, but who cares? You're, you're sitting next to these two, you know, idiots. You know, like, whatever, right? Like, it's just like... You know. I'm not going to be in Nantucket now. That's for no. sure. Oh my God! I love how that got turned around on you two guys instead of me. I, know. <laughs> I mean, you're you're still old, Mike. I mean, I just don't want you to forget that. But you will in an hour. Right, but yeah, it's fine. But Mike, you can say like, yeah, okay, fine. I'm old, but I don't look super old next to you two guys. You guys, we all look like contemporaries. Like you know, yeah. like yeah. you at yeah. least, Mike, you at least lived a life. Yeah. These two, these two uh, jamokes, you know, are just you know. Sitting oh in a basement God. with her T-shirts, like you know, looking like you. <laughs> I, gotta, I have a on. my wife. Funny. Oh my God, it that's so funny! Them. This is the greatest show ever. I, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but so where I'm I was where I was here. going was that it was Bob Harris has been on the show more than I think everybody. Maybe Scott has come on, but Bob's been Bob was here first, that's for sure. I will tell you this about Bob Harris. I have nothing funny or interesting to say about Bob Harris. Bob Harris is a is a MF and legend. Yeah. Um he is uh he is a, a legendary fantasy analyst. He is a true OG. And as great as he is as a uh, as an analyst, as a writer, as a radio host, he is an even better person. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of people in I think in life and in our industry specifically that are fake nice. You know, <laughs> yes. Send me nice. You know, um, right? You know, 
Scott Scott Barrett comes to mind. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm I'm messing around. I love Barrett. I, I truly yeah, he's love a Barrett. good kid. Um, uh, I, and I'm, I make that joke by the way because I know Barrett can take it. Um, I, yeah. I, I I truly love Barrett, but uh, but no, but uh, Bob Harris is genuinely that nice a person, that helpful, that giving, that um, literally I got nothing to make fun of Bob Harris about. Bob Harris is the freaking best. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, we like him a lot. He and I think he is one of our first guests that we had early on in our show. We just had our three year anniversary two weeks ago for our show. Um, Congratulations! So, thank you very much. Thank you. So, and Bob, Bob was there in the early days, and Scott. If correct me, Jeremy, Scott is the one who brought us into the DFB. Correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's the one who uh, yeah, invited us to the Invitational. Yeah, we were in a league together for a long time. We both kind of had the same. I want to use bad words in case any of those uh, people listen to this podcast, but um, we didn't really have a great time. I think TJ was his co-owner in that league too, though they didn't do very well. I remember beating them at least one one season, but um, we didn't like it. And um, I, I just knew him through emails and stuff. And it was before he became what he is now in in the industry and stuff. So um, communicating via Twitter, and then we had him on the show and we started the podcast. And you know, the rest is history. He invited us to the league, and he's like I said, our Alec Baldwin. Like really, whenever he wants to come on the show, we're like, ah, oh, Scott's coming on this week. So. <laughs> It's a, kind of a running gag, but you know we right. love to have him. Our listeners like him, so it, it has been a lot of fun, and we're happy to be in this league. Right, whenever, whenever, whenever he wants to come on the show, you mean whenever he has like a free ten minutes? Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah, kid has no life. It's, 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 it's <laughs> yeah, he's busy. Well, you know, uh, Matthew, one thing that I I heard you say this week, you were talking about going up against Chris Evans in yeah. the in the charity league, and you were saying how you know. It, it would be like a, a feather in your cap to beat him. It would be bragging rights and everything because he's more famous and this and that, whatever you were saying. And and what's really funny is I was thinking that's exactly what we were this past week because yeah. we got to play against you in the Fantasy Bowl in the DFB. And going into that, you know, for us, it would be amazing if we could say, hey, we beat Matthew Barry. Didn't happen. <laughs> and, and I know Did you not. and I spoke a couple times between Thursday and Sunday because it was really an up and down uh, competition between us. But ultimately, you ended up winning. But I just real quick, I tweeted out that we won. So just I photoshopped it and we won by like 46 points. Yeah. No, he didn't. That's, Don't listen to Shane. Right? You're still counting the votes. <laughs> uh, still counting the points. We um, demand a recount. Right. Uh, well, listen, uh, well, listen, I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, I appreciate that. I'll tell you, I, I thought you guys were going to win. I've had such, you know, uh, I have a really good team in the league and it's, it's been a fun run, but I, you know, as you guys may, you know, may, as your listeners may or may not be aware. Um, I, last year I led start to finish wire to wire points wise. And I lost by one point two. Bathroom Graham Barfield. Bathroom <laughs> Barfield. New nickname. Bathroom I lost Barfield. Bathroom Barfield, Bathroom uh, Barfield. By one point on that Monday night game where Aaron Jones had the 56, you know, where like it was an insane, all the things that had to go right for Graham to win that game. He was down. I mean, in that particular week, like I remember it cause it's my most, it's my most terrific loss. Um, <laughs> I, well, no, like Zach Ertz got hurt. Um, in, in that week, Chris Carson had a great matchup. I forget who um, left the game early as well. I think it was Arizona, and Arizona was bad against the run. Like Carson had a great matchup, left the game early. Uh, Zach Ertz playing Dallas, great matchup, left the game early due to injury. Then we go to the Monday night game. 
Vikings are playing the Packers in Minnesota for the division title. Mm-hmm. So you're like, hey, maybe they'll show up. And this is back when you had fans. So like a home game, <laughs> Monday Night Football, national audience, come on, Minnesota, shut them down. And uh, what happens is, um, let's see, they lose. Uh, and he, I'm up 56 points in PPR scoring. I'm done. Graham Barfield, bathroom Barfield, has, uh, <laughs> uh, has Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Yeah, but 56 points, you're like, like, even if one of those guys has the game of their life, I'm probably safe. Yeah. Um, 56 points is a lot. Anyway, so it's going along, going along, and it's fine. And, you know, Devontae Adams, they're just doing nothing. They're just letting him catch every bubble screen. I think he had 13 receptions that game. Like, they're literally just dinking and dunking to Devontae Adams. They're not putting anyone on him. But, okay, I'm still surviving. I'm still up. And what happens <laughs> is, is a couple crazy things happen. Uh, the Vikings lose two linebackers. I want to say Barr and Kendricks in that game. They lose two <laughs> of their starting linebackers in that game. And Jamal Williams also gets injured that game. Because that year, Jones and Williams were going back and forth um, uh, in terms of alternating uh, carries. And so trying to just run out the game, Aaron Jones with, you know, backup linebackers and the Vikings showing no heart whatsoever, you know, just just pathetic. And, uh, uh, you know, in a, in, in a national audience, home game, division on the line, and they just lay down flat. Um, so Aaron Jones is in there as they're just trying to run out the clock. Normally it would have been Jamal Williams, but he got hurt. And so Jones all they had, and he, he scampers that for that 56-yard touchdown. Just They're just trying to run out the clock. They're not even trying, but he just he breaks one because Minnesota's terrible, and I lose by one point. I lose by one stupid point. Like, it's awful. It's Unbelievable. Awful. And then yeah. this year – this year, uh, I led in points again, but because of scheduling and victory points, I literally led in points, and yet I was the fourth seed. I, I led in total scoring, but I was like four, and like just because of like, but I once again, second straight year, I also led in most points against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so I just, I always felt like I was just really snake bit in this league. And um, uh, so I was looking at you guys' roster, and I'm just like, man, oh man, you guys are loaded. You guys are loaded, and you do. I honestly like. Thank God I won the title this year because I don't know. I mean, like, here's the thing: like, I barely beat you guys, and I barely beat you guys, and you guys had Michael Thomas out, right? I mean, so that that was a tough one, and you lost. Who else did you lose? You lost another big guy, James Robinson. James, yeah, James Robinson didn't start. Right, so like, so those are like those are two, you know two huge guys and you had to go in in the finals against me without those two guys uh you know um you know it was uh so i was happy to uh you know uh i was happy to get out of there with a with a w in the title this year because i i mean listen you guys are you guys are loaded and uh so you i'm you know luckily i'll uh you know I'm probably going to retire before I have to. <laughs> nice. You, well, you, good. you beat us handily, and uh, it turns out it's one of those games where we felt okay afterward because literally no matter what we did, we still would have lost that week. So, you know, whatever. And it, well, you, you beat you us. Know, Congratulations. Thank I you. mean, well, I appreciate that, guys. That's awesome. Like, I, I was sweating it. I was really sweating it. And you guys, I remember in the, in the chat, you guys sort of congratulated me. I'm like, I'm taking nothing for – I was up 56 last year. I'm not taking anything for granted. Um <laughs> I was proud of myself. Uh, it ended up not mattering the way it way it ended up working out. I ended up benching Ezekiel Elliott for Miles Gaskin, and I ended yeah. up benching um, uh, Michael Gallup for. 
Jameson Crowder. And mm-hmm. we talked about Which that. Which was in a great. The, but we talked about that in the group chat that morning, too, that you did that, that you'd put in Crowder. And, and you know, and both guys obviously had huge weeks. And so I was really proud that those moves paid off. But had I just gone with Zeke and uh, Gallup, or it might have been J.D. McKissick, I forget which one, but um, I think it was J.D. McKissick. I think I, yeah. it was, it, I put in Gallup I think that was your dilemma, yeah. Really yeah, McKissick, McKissick and Crowder, for, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would, a Crowder for McKissick, but had I played Zeke and McKissick, I still would have won just not yes. as much. Um, yeah. But anyway, I appreciate that. Very kind words, guys. You're, you're, uh, you're incredibly gracious. Um, much more gracious than uh, than me. I was a very bitter berry. Uh, last <laughs> What's amazing is, is that, like, even though now I've won, now I've won, um, and here I am as the champion, and I spent 20 minutes making fun of Graham Barfield. <laughs> right. Well, you're allowed to do that now. It's perfectly yeah, justified. Some wounds just <laughs> never. We beat him. Right. We beat him the week before you. So we were we were on a, a real high because I wasn't sure we were going to beat Graham. He his team was fading a little bit toward the end of the season, has a really strong team. And um, we were kind of peaking and thought, you know, we might be able to knock Graham off and win this game. And after that, we were we were just elated, you know, running high, like maybe we can take Barry. And you know, <laughs> reality checked us. So. Well, I appreciate it. Listen, there's a lot of people that can say they they have beaten me. It's fantasy football, you know. Any one week, sure. anything can happen, you know. So, but uh, I appreciate the very kind words. You guys are incredibly gracious. No worries. You know what's really funny too? You can definitely tell the passion and the honesty in you saying that last year really hurt because you were able to tell us exactly what happened in the games that you that you played, right. and so you know it for sure. W- with us, you know, one thing that did happen with us, if you remember, uh, Mike Evans had that huge game. That was the first game yes. that was played. So you were already thinking in the group chat, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. And then Miles Gaskins completely took away our entire yeah, league. Yeah, negated it all, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Miles Gaskins. I mean, like, Mike Evans. Like, I'm so anti the Detroit Lions because two weeks prior, <laughs> I played again. I was in I was in five semifinals this year, and in three of them, the week before, I'd played DeAndre Swift, who's been obviously very up and down. Uh, and but that particular week, he had just a monster game. You know, even though he gets a goal line carry, he fumbles it. And yet, for the yeah. first time all year, they go back to him. They don't go to Adrian Peterson. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. First time, time all year, that's hilarious. Right. And I, I lose the Agbo Superhero League. Um, I, I, you know, I, I was playing against uh, Simu Liu, who's the star of the new Shang-Chi. And, you know, there, it's this million-dollar charity league that FanDuel's putting on with the, with the Agbo Studios, which is um, the Russo brothers who directed all the Avengers movies. And um, anyway, cool. so... Yeah, if DeAndre Swift has like a normal game, I win handily. But because DeAndre Swift has this monster game, and I played against him in three, I played against him in three finals, that semifinals, and in those three semifinals, I lost by 0.6, 1.9, and 9.4. And the 9.4 was the was the Agbo League where I had Eric Ebron going into Monday night, and then he gets you know he, he loses, he gets hurt in the against the Bengals, he gets hurt on the first play, zero points, even though he, you know he scored. Double-digit fantasy points in three of the past four and four of the past six. Playing Cincy felt good, um, yeah. <laughs> so I lost that. But it just and so Detroit by letting DeAndre Swift have this monster game just totally screws me. And then the following week, they decide to not guard Mike Evans, right. and you guys get a monster game from him. And the other semifinal that I'm in, I get a monster. Ga- I'm against him, and I get a monster game. And you're just like, 
uh, what Detroit is just killing me here. But uh, I uh, ended up being on the right. I was able to survive Mike Evans in both leagues, and so. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, it feels like the Detroit Lions were, you know, somehow uh, somehow out to get me. <laughs> yeah, conspiring. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not crazy at all. Not crazy to think that at all, right? It's totally normal. So with you being the champion now in DFB, for next year, are you set? Do you trade away picks? Or do, you, do, you, are, do you think you're good with going into next year with your team, or we're going to have to do you know, some it's trades? Great, it's a, yeah, we should actually – we should probably talk about fantasy football at some point. <laughs> um, uh, you know, um, so it's a great question, and I don't know, to be honest. So I have, in order to win this championship and the previous one, I've traded away all my picks. Mm-hmm. So I have, I literally think I have two fourth rounders in 2022 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I have like no picks this year and no picks next year. So the question is, do I sort of keep it rolling or do I, um, uh, you know, and it's like, hey, hey, let me see if I can run it back, you know, next next year or two and then then it's gonna be a long rebuilding process or do i try to trade some pieces i think i will try to see what i can get for some of my pieces like yeah would love to, like so uh it's a tight end premium league like i have kelsey darren waller and zach Ertz, and obviously zach Ertz was useless to me this year but if Ertz find you know winds up with another team could i trade him for a pick or two right you know could i um, uh, you know, like, you know, I have a big decision to make on, I'm curious your thoughts here, Miles Gaskin, right? So I have Miles Gaskin, and the question is, is like, I, I, I watch Miles Gaskin, I'm like, I actually think the kid's pretty good, like just to the eye test. I think Miles yeah. Gaskin, but there's rumors that maybe Miami wants somebody else. Like, if you know, should I try to, quote, sell high on Miles Gaskin while he's still currently the guy? Yeah. Um you know, and see what I could get for him versus, by the way, I also potentially have, you know, Miami's an emerging team. They're on up and coming. And Miles Gaskin's a 23 year old number one running back, you know? So uh, Gaskin's a question. I, tr- I made a big trade in the middle of the season for Ezekiel Elliott, who then immediately went in the crapper. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's weird. I made this big trade. I traded like, you know, multiple picks and, Including a, a you know a, a first rounder and um, uh, and you know obviously didn't even use him in the finals. You know Zeke is another one that potentially I could be moving on from. My running back situation isn't great, so my running backs are Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, let's see, Chris Carson, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Gaskin are sort of my. Uh, my big four. I don't know if I'm forgetting somebody, but um, yeah, you have Balage, Tevin Coleman. You have some guys, but yeah, I think you named them all. Right. I'm pulling up my roster right now. JD McKissick. Um, I mean, helps yeah. you. Lamichael P. Ryan. Um, oh, Michael P. Ryan. I Lamichael like P. Ryan. He called yeah, him Lamichael. <laughs> I always do that, and I know a Lamichael too. But I just, I don't know. It just looks like Lamichael, and you know, he has all the P. Ryan's. He's also got Samaja. You said that though, didn't you? So yeah. you have a lot of running backs, but yeah. I, I would want to move on. um, You know, I don't know that I have a great, you know, like I have four guys. And so it's just sort of like, you know, I don't know what the dynasty value is uh, on some of those. Zeke's probably my most valuable dynasty Mm -hmm. asset right now. Eckler maybe as well. 
Yeah. I always, I, like, you know, I have a, I have a thing for Chris Carson, but I don't know that anyone else does. <laughs> uh, I love, I love Chris Carson. Oh, there you go. Well, but you know, I'm trading with you guys. It was like, there's three of you. And like, <laughs> that's hard. Yes. I want to know that like trying to deal with these guys. Cause like you get two on board, but then one's not sure. And it's like, <clears throat> Trying to get them all on the same page, and it's like it's a disaster. I'm amazed you guys ever do a trade. <laughs> we kind of went, we kind of moved to a, a more of a democracy or a democratic way, where like we don't all have to agree on something oh. if um, two really feel strongly. Because we'll never get, we probably never get anything done. And Generally, I, there is one of us that that will, um, you know, not agree with the other two. But we've we've actually made some good moves, you know, a series of good moves that led to us going from being the second to last place team. Thank you, Siege, CJ Kaltenbeck, for being the worst team last year. Yeah. But this year, we uh, uh, really, it was four key moves that we made, three plus then the late Tyreek Hill thing that, that had us turn the corner from being quickly second worst to second best team. I mean, it's possible to do that if you make, you know, the right trades. And that's one thing the three of us can do is is really make adept trades. But you're right. The hard part is getting the three of us on the same page. Honestly, like your team, like guys, I'm just looking at your team right now. So you got Jared, you got Justin Herbert, and then you got, you know, Goff and Cam. So whatever. But you've got one real guy in Herbert and like whatever. You'll piece it together at quarterback. It's a super flex league. But, like, I'm looking at your running backs here. You know, um, uh, you got Miles Sanders. You got James Robinson. And then and then Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones. You know, so you know, whatever. We'll see if you get anything out of A.J. Dillon. Like, he could have a real role last, next year if Jamal Williams moves on. Like, so um, and you have Boston Scott to back up Sanders. But, like, whatever. You've got – I mean, James Robinson and Miles Sanders, he's sort of – I don't want to say lucked into, but, like, you know, Robinson obviously turned out better. But – um, so you, you can use a little running back depth, but still, your wide receivers are ridiculous. <laughs> we, when we just mentioned, we just mentioned Michael Thomas, um, and you mentioned Tyree Kill, Mike Evans. You also have AJ Brown. You also have Justin Jefferson. You have Brian Edwards, who I think has really high style. I really like him. He's going to be a big sleeper for me next year. Cool. Um, and then at tight end, you know, it's a tight end premium league. You know, um, little thin, but. Logan Thomas and Noah Fant. I mean, right? So you've got two, you know, viable top 10 fantasy tight ends that are young. Fant should be better. Thomas was great. Thomas was a throw-in from Davis in the Tyreek Hill trade, which drove me crazy, as you guys know. Um, don't get me started on Davis's <laughs> trades. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Deal. <laughs> but anyway, so, I mean, I think you guys are – and you guys have, I assume, the majority of your picks. So um, – I mean, yeah, you guys are in really good shape. I think even, you know, like whatever. I'm the defending champ, but you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm as in good dynasty shape as you guys. I, I'm. Not, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but we traded for Justin Jefferson at the beginning of the season, didn't we? Yeah, we traded um, Scott Barrett um, <laughs> and uh, TJ Calkins, their their team. We traded a first round pick in 2021 for Justin Jefferson, and immediately. Um, some of this stuff happened in the threads, so I, I shouldn't say, but directly a couple people reached out and said, what are you guys doing? Are you nuts? You're probably going to be the worst placed team in this league. You're basically trading Trevor Lawrence for Justin Jefferson. What are you doing? That's probably the 101. Now, it didn't work out that way, as Scott Barrett pointed out. You know, we got the, you know, we end up as a second best team. We get the 111. They get the 111 now. That yeah, is a great trade good. for Justin Jefferson. A 111? That's still really yeah. solid. They'll get a nice depth player that they <laughs> sure. can in <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have Justin Jefferson? Of course. Oh, I get you. That was like, a joke. No, like, 
if, if I'm offering you 111 and 2021 for Justin Jefferson, you're turning that down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Shane, was, Shane was being funny, and I didn't catch it till he was halfway done. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, look, we've only been together for like three years. At some point, you'll yeah, get I my sarcasm. I didn't know that was coming. You're right. I was going to go with that. I was going to try to make it work. Um, no, no, you guys, you guys tell me, like, you guys are the Dynasty podcast. Um, you guys tell me, like, so I have. I have only I don't have a lot of great quarterback. I have Mahomes and Tannehill, which is great, mm. but like that's it. I have no other, you know, whatever. Kyle Allen, like I have no other quarterback depth. You talked about with with running backs. I've got Chris Carson, Zeke, Miles Gaskin, um, Eckler, and then I've got yeah. like you know whatever. I've got Those some, are big. you know JD McKissick, Lamichael P Ryan, you know Tevin Coleman, like whatever. Um, wide receiver, I have Crowder, Gallup. My little Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, you know, a bunch of solid mid-tier guys, but, you know, certainly could use a little bit more youth there. Gallup's the only younger guy, and, you know, he looks like he's been uh, – he came on towards the second half of last year, but with CeeDee Lamb there, it's just it's tough. Tight end is interesting, right? So tight end, I have uh, I have Kelsey, I have Waller, I have Ertz, I have Will Disley. Uh, you know, I have uh, – you know, and if, if if Olsen retires this year, I think Disley becomes interesting next year. Uh, I have Trey Burton, who got had signs of life this year at various yep. points in a league this deep. It's a 12-team league with 33-man rosters, so it, it's pretty deep. You know, um, I sort of I sort of like Dalton Keene. We'll see if anything ever happens there, but whatever. I mean, like, so if you guys had my team, what would you do? I'm trading. Well, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody's so excited. So yeah, Shane, go first. Trade Matt. I heard trade Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. I'm trading him. I'm getting a haul for him. Look, I can tear down. I'm, I'm just telling you. Look, I know Patrick Mahomes is still. Look, he's unique. He's probably the best quarterback we've ever seen play football. But I, if I can tear down and buy, say, Lamar Jackson, coming off a bad year. Now the problem is in our league, no one's going to do that. Um, probably not in the, you know, in another league, I'd love to see if I could get Lamar Jackson out of someone plus, um, probably not Kyler because everybody fell in love with him. Dak plus, um, I would already sold miles Gaskin. So that's, that's, that's where the democracy comes in. That's why James Robinson is still on our team. (laughs) Cause I will always flip those guys with no draft capital, but then you wouldn't have made it to the title game. Probably. But that's what he just said. That's what he just said. We did pay the most for him though, but yeah, that's a good point. That's fair. See, and I'm fine with trading Kelsey too, but the problem is with trading Kelsey and Zeke and guys like that is you're just not going to get the value now that you will probably in season when, everybody's actually counting points again because right. you know the season's been over for what months now. So everybody forgets what it's like to have point need points in your lineup. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just looking, I'm looking at the DFL trade finder for just some of the trades for Ezekiel Elliott. And you, you guys, I'm not a big Zeke fan, but I wouldn't make most of these trades I'm seeing in there. Like, I don't think you can trade him now. It wouldn't really make a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, like people, are, people are giving up random first for him. Like I'll buy Zeke for that. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, trading Jalen hurts and a second form. Like, no, you buy Ezekiel Elliott for that. Even if he's an RB too. So it's just, you know, it, we got the it's rookie fevers already hit most of us. And uh, our league's not any better because look, we're ready to schedule the draft for like what tomorrow. I think <laughs> as soon as possible. Right. <laughs> That's another unique twist of this league, which I actually don't love, but as somebody who doesn't have any picks, I don't care, which is that we draft rookies before they're assigned to an NFL team. That's one of the rules. And um, 
which which I don't love because obviously, you know, it matters and it doesn't on some level, right? I mean, listen, AJ Brown goes to Tennessee, you're like, oh well, there goes that, and then cut to you know, he's AJ Brown, right? Um, you know, everyone loved the fit for Jalen Rager in Philadelphia, like, you know, jury is still out, obviously. So, um, you know, ultimately talent wins out. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think you guys are right. I think my problem is is that. If I did, what you, like, if I try to trade out of Mahomes or out of Zeke, in essence, what I'm doing is, is like, I, my fear is, is that you're sort of rebuilding when you don't need to, right? right. That the idea is, is like, basically, I think what that would do is that would make me a fifth place team, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right? So, as opposed to like, this team is currently constructed, and maybe I get lucky with a, you know, I found Gaskin on the wire. You know, maybe I, I found McKissick. I mean, McKissick was actually great this year, right? Um, in a league this deep, I got him. I think literally for zero uh, at one of our. You know, so if I get lucky on one or two things, or maybe I, you know, trade something. If like to your point, like Ertz signs with an. I mean, like I'm making this up, but like, what if Wentz and Ertz both go to Indy this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, right? that's nice. Oh, that's yeah, that's you yeah. know, back both reunited with Frank Reich. Like, I think it's pretty clear that. Ertz is, is moving on. And so, you know, and, uh, and it, it would appear that they're going to try to get out of Wentz. We'll figure out how they do. But so, you know, suddenly then he becomes interesting, right? So I, to your point, I think if I try to trade, I've already had an, an inquiry on Zeke, and I'll see what they're, they're willing to do. But mm-hmm. it feels like all I would be doing is giving up a chance at a title next year to basically be a fifth-place team and – I don't know that I'm going to get enough restock draft capital. Right. You know, that timing's key on that. It gets me back quickly. It's one of the, one of the challenges sort of how I constructed this team. Like, cause you know, like Kelsey and, you know, I mean, Waller's 28, you know, I mean, we, we think of him as young because he hasn't been around, but like Waller actually, you know, spent a couple of years kicking around with Baltimore. He had some off the field issues. So, Anyway, yeah, you don't want to break up everything that's made your team a dynasty team at the same time because you want to think about the starters that you're plugging in and, you know, your depth counts, too. So you think about the guys that and you've mentioned some just implying that you'd like to move on from Ertz makes sense. Um, You know, he's he's great at separation. He's probably going to get another gig. Shane and I have talked about this before. He wants out of Philly, whatever. But like you said, what if he ends up in an ideal situation? Well, then your ability to trade him away becomes greater. So you kind of have to have some patience right now. And, and think about which players you want to move. See what they're worth now. Wait right. for guys like Zeke and Hertz. And there are players on your roster you could probably move now. It might not matter to wait like Gaskin. But I, those are players you definitely want to move. And that ke- that helps you keep your core elite guys in place. I would definitely not move your elite players. Not now. Yeah. I mean, Healthy I just, and Mahomes, no way. I, I just – I candidly – I mean, listen, I'm a big believer, probably same as you, that there's no such thing as untradeable in fantasy football. Like, if somebody offers you enough, but, man, I can't imagine anyone in this league offering me enough for Patrick Mahomes. As long as Andy Reid is the head coach, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I think if I was drafting a dynasty super flex today, Mahomes is still my 101. Yeah, and that's the problem. Well, not the problem. I shouldn't say the problem with having players like that on your roster, but there's no way to trade them. Like, CMC, until he got injured, you're you're just not trading them. Like, I'll let them – you will let them die on your roster because you will never see the proper return of value. The one thing, though, I think – and I think a lot of people do stuff just to do stuff. 
Really, yeah. there's no reason. You just won the whole league. You don't really need to move any of those, especially the really good pieces right now anyways. But we have a long offseason, and we have a rookie draft, and we have all these things going on. And there could be a situation that comes up, even like you say, with uh, free agency and teams, players going somewhere else. So I think as of right this second, I don't see any reason to move some of those guys. You no, know? the only reason to do it, and like... My my great I, I I did a column a number of years ago called Trade Advice for My Great Uncle Lester. My great uncle Lester, yeah, uh, who's late great, he, he's passed away, but um, you know, was a self-made multimillionaire, an insanely successful businessman. Like next door, lived in Denver, um, uh, born and raised. Like you know, uh, you know, for a while was next door neighbors to John Elway. Like you know, real money, and um, uh, and he used to he had all these Lesterisms, and. Uh, one of them was, and he would always impart them to me as I was growing up. <laughs> and so uh, one of them was never, and many of them applied it. He always you know, would apply them to business, but I feel like a lot of them apply to fantasy football as well. And one of them was never make a decision until you have to. And so, and so I've always taken that, like, here's a great, now, so Miles Gaskin, his value may be higher now than it is, in, like, if, if we go into the draft and in the second round, the Dolphins who have a lot of draft capital take, you know, whatever, um, you know, the way like whatever, take Clyde Edwards, Elair, try take Jonathan Taylor, right? The way, right. So, you know, whoever they take at running back, but if they take a big name running back, um, then suddenly obviously Gaskin's volume, volume, you know, value falls out. But like, you know, this is a, I feel comfortable talking about this because the league is public and moves are public. Like Davis Maddock did trade, um, he traded, and I couldn't understand it. He traded a number one pick for Damian Williams at this time last year, and it was just like, you know. And I think, well, coming off the Super Bowl, I guess it was like a month from now, but it was coming off the Super Bowl. He looked great. He's the number one offense. He's the number one running back for Andy Reid. I'm like, okay, and obviously Davis couldn't predict COVID and that he would opt out and everything like that. But, but there were rumors out there that they wanted to draft a running back. And so, like, why would you trade? Why would you trade a number one pick for Damian Williams until you saw what the Chiefs did in the draft? Right? Because once you saw what the Chiefs did in the draft, and if they don't do anything, I think you're still going to be able to get Damian Williams for a number one pick. Like, what you're giving up doesn't change, but the and the and the value of Damian Williams hasn't changed. But obviously, had he waited. He'd have been able to, again, you can't fault him about the COVID piece, but had he sure. waited, he'd have been able to get Damian Williams for a third or a fourth once they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And so that was a, that was an example of, and again, I don't mean to beat up on Davis because I love Davis and I think he's a really sharp guy. And um, uh, But uh, that was an example of, uh, you know, of him making a decision before he had to. Well, maybe you could go to him now and try to trade him Miles Gaskins for a first. <laughs> You know what? He doesn't have any now. <laughs> yeah, he traded them all away. No, no, no. no. I'm saying, I'm saying, Matthew trade to. Oh, Davis doesn't have any picks. He probably doesn't have them if he's traded first for Damian Williams. No, he recouped them. Davis ended up tanking this year, and he traded a lot of guys for picks. Yeah, he's yeah. Got your guys' picks for the Tyree Kill deal. He's got picks for me. Exactly. So why don't you send him over Miles? <laughs> uh, you know what? Maybe not a bad idea. Maybe that, I'll look at that. That would yeah, be. Yeah. 
So we talked about this last week. I cashed out way too soon on uh, James Robinson in a league that we don't co-own together. I traded him for a third after uh, his first week, and uh, that didn't work out well. I definitely wish I would have held on to him all year, and then I could have traded him for a first. Yeah. Yeah, that speaks to not having to make the choice, and I made one, and it was the wrong one. Well, I mean, I if I were your podcast co-host, I would bring that up every chance I got. <laughs> yeah, we should. It, it was something that came to light last week, actually. So we have made fun of him quite a few times about it yeah, since I mean, last listen, week. Mike, you're, every time every time Shane makes an old joke at you, mm-hmm. your response would be, yeah, but at least I didn't f***ing bail on James Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> but he forgets until i remind him he forgets so it's you know yeah i'm old enough to know you don't bail on james robinson you dumbass like, that's those are the kind of responses you should have mike well i think i will keep that in the back of my mind now to yes. do that and and write i it down if your memory is failing he said write it down that's what i was gonna say that's that's we're gonna turn around next next episode i'm gonna see behind him there's gonna be a sign that's like remind shane about james yeah. robinson i have things go. written down here so um <laughs> But I think maybe that's a great way to to circle back to the very beginning of having you here. You know, it was awesome to hear everything you have to say about everybody in the league. And one thing that I heard you say with your birthday and talking about age and everything, uh, you were asked what your birthday wish was. And you were saying you want to get more TikTok followers because huh. your, your kids would love that. <laughs> and and it's one thing that we've talked about, the three of us, about getting on TikTok. And we know a couple people, Samantha, she's on it and all that kind of stuff. So I was just wondering, did that work out for you? Did you get any followers this past week? Yeah, I got some. I didn't get a ton. I mean, like I'm like at 11,000, I want to say, something like that. Um, followers on TikTok. It, it's one of my goals. It's like, listen, it's the, only, the only thing, it, it, it only impresses my girls. My, you know, I have twin daughters that are nine years old and, um, you know, they, they don't care that I'm on TV. They don't even, they barely watch TV. You know, they think, they think the biggest stars are, you know, the people they see on YouTube and, and TikTok. Yeah. Like, they, you know, like Instagram or Twitter means nothing to them. So, um, so yeah, you know, listen, but it is like, you know, to, to just switch to semi to be semi-real here for a second, right? It's also a piece of me who wants to like, you know, I'm I'm very open and honest about my life, obviously, and I wanna, you know, um, you know, not pretend to be someone I'm not, right? I don't wanna, you know, I'm not suddenly like, you know, twenty-three-year-old, you know, TikTok star Juju Smith Schuster or whatever. <laughs> right? Like I mean Dancing you know, on logos. man. But um uh, but I do want to, you know, it's important for me to, you know, to stay relevant and I don't want to quote, get old. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can be old in age, but not in attitude, not in how you approach things. And so, um, I am not yet at the point where I'm like, what's with a newfangled button? You know, I'm not there yet. Right. So I, I mean, I still understand TikTok. I still produce content for, it. you know, I'm, uh, I'm learning. I'm trying to figure out what, what content works best on that platform versus, Instagram versus Facebook mm-hmm. versus Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, and all the social media channels. And that's always a, you know, sort of trial and error. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so it's really, it's sort of that, right. You know, just kind of wanting to want to know what's out there. Even, even if the answer is it's not for me, just needing to know, you know, mm-hmm. being able to be relevant and, and uh, um, what's the word uh, being able to be uh, fluent in it. 
as that makes sense. Well, we, we have a couple friends, like I said, like Samantha, and, and they do fantasy content on uh, TikTok. So I, listening to you, it inspired me to finally sign up for me. So I signed up for one FF Blitz, and I followed you for your birthday. So <laughs> uh, Did you create me an account? Uh, no. I, 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 <laughs> Not yet. I'll get, yeah. I'll, I'll get yours set up after yeah, this. Yeah, that's uh, is okay. Samantha yeah. Pre- oh, Previt? Pre- Previt? Previt? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will- yeah, Samantha Previt's great. Uh, yeah, I love uh, her videos. She's a uh, long-time, long-time friend, like whatever, she's 12. But um, <laughs> no, but, uh, right. but no, I've, known her for, I've known her for a couple of years. Um, she's friends with, uh, we got to know her because she came to a, a fantasy-focused podcast uh, taping. And so we got to know her. And so she's friends with Mike Clay and Daniel Dopp and all the all the people on the show. And uh, so we met her like through a mutual friend and brought her to the show, whatever. She's great. She does really good work. And what I like about Samantha Previtt, uh, other than the fact that, you know, I think she's she's really bright. And um, uh, I like the fact that, you know, uh, she's young and female and we need, you know, we need. Listen, you know, there's as I sit here on a podcast with, you know, four white guys looking at each other, um, you know, we need more, we need more diverse voices in this, in this industry, um, in a significant way. And so she brings a different approach and, uh, and a younger voice, but she also like, she knows her stuff, man. She's yeah. like, you know, she's been doing a bunch of stuff for New York post. And, um, and I like the stuff she's doing on, like, she's trying different stuff on TikTok, which I like, she's not exactly. just, you know, um, all right, let me roll out some rankings and here's some start sits, you know, like, uh, so I'm always looking and I'm always impressed by people that are innovative in the space. And I'm always trying to do what I can to promote, uh, you know, other voices and um, especially uh, diverse voices. You know, I feel like, guys, you didn't ask me this question, but since it just sort of came up, I'll bring it up, is that I, I feel like, you know, rightly or wrongly, no one's ever said this to me, but I am... Um, you know, I feel like I've been granted a great gift, right? And that I was, you know, sort of right place, right time in terms of, you know, sort of the the boom of fantasy football. Obviously, tremendously lucky and blessed to have gotten a job with the largest sports media company in the world. And, you know, and that they have, uh, that they like the work that I do for them. And I've been able to, you know, sort of ride that wave along. And so, you know, thanks to the thanks to the popularity of both fantasy football and ESPN, you know, I have a nice platform. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, with that platform, I should, you know, try to leave fantasy football in better shape than I found it because fantasy football has been pretty good to me. Right. And so, you know, what can I do to improve the industry? What can I do to, you know, rise things up? What can I do to, you know, help elevate others because I've been so lucky and there are people that have, you know, that helped pave the way for me. So what can I do? And so that's why, you know, I've started doing like the follow Fridays and it's why I, you know, I try to say yes to every podcast request I get. And, you know, it, it you know, it's a challenge sometimes when you're married with five kids and you got a job, but um, <laughs> I do, yeah. uh, I do my best. And so, um, so, you know, that's where all that comes from is just feeling like I need to, it's important to give back. I think that's great. That's awesome. And, and the TikTok for the young people, that's great because you could relate to my kids on TikTok. They're not going to watch you on TV, just like you said. And Mike, I have no idea what I'm doing on TikTok. It's a little it's a little advanced and active for me, but it's cool because you can relate to nine-year-olds or 12-year-olds like my oldest son 
better through that format or YouTube than you're ever going to do on my TV set. Well, so well, well so Sam, it's what to do. And ask Sam, 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 yeah. Sam, yeah. Sam, I'm sure she'll help you out. There's a lot of the video editing. I'm thinking, cause there's a lot of TikToks where it's like her. And then also it's magic. The most popular TikTok, I, TikTok I did is I took a, an awkward interview I did with Daniel Jones and I gave it to my nine year old daughter who edited it and added some graphics. Really? It literally got 800,000 views. That's awesome. No kidding. That is awesome. Wow. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, so. and Jeremy, Samantha said she's going to come on the show to talk to all three of us about doing TikTok and stuff. So we'll, we'll yeah. get her in here. You know, you know what's funny, yeah. Matthew? Uh, last year, before COVID happened, here in South Florida for the Super Bowl, we had the NFL experience. And I was walking around taking pictures with some people and everything. And there was a kid that had a huge line and all these people around him. And I was like, who is that? And they said, that's Patrick Mahomes' little brother. He's huge on TikTok. And right. he was literally signing autographs to people because they knew him from TikTok. Right. And he's wow. related to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and he's, you know, that I mean, probably helps a little. Uh, yeah, I will say that helps. One of the reasons why he's huge on TikTok is because he's Patrick Mahomes' little brother. Um yeah, but, you know, listen, so I'll always fight for fantasy um, and do what I can to try to promote the industry. And that, like, um, you know, like the Josh Jacobs thing that I, um, you know, I got into with him, like, you know, people are like, oh, like, why are we yelling at players about fantasy football? And I'm like, I'm not yelling about at players about fantasy football. I would never yell at a player about fantasy mm -hmm. football. I will yell at somebody that flips me the middle finger. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I will yell. I will absolutely do that. You know what I mean? Which is what Josh Jacobs did. Like literally did like not figuratively, like literally it's the yeah, literally. emoji. It is like, it is F you, right. you know, fantasy players. And it's just like, I will always, you know, I'll fight back about that. Cause you know, um, again, sort of talking about sort of where you feel like you are in the position. Um, and I don't, I know there was mixed feelings about that mixed reactions to that, but I am lucky enough that I'm in a position where I can do that. You know what I mean? Like where I can say, Hey, that's not cool. Like don't man, all we've done is cheer you on. And like, you don't have to like fantasy players. You don't, you don't have to acknowledge us. You don't have to discuss it. No one's asking you about it, but like, don't flip us off. Don't say F you don't, you know what I mean? Like we're like, your fans. I think that's a, like out of the blue to just say like F you fantasy players. Like, I think that is, I think that's aggressive. And to say, like, hey, man, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that says, fuck you, fantasy players. And, the, you know, the, the anti-argument is, well, there's, uh, you know, well, you know, uh, you know, fantasy players are you know, being really jerks on social media. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there are 10% of the people that follow that give them all sorts of grief about not having enough fantasy yeah, players. Yeah, we see them. Sure. Sure. And by the way, don't approve it. Don't condone it. Have said they shouldn't do it. But by the way. Not for nothing, I'm pretty sure not every Raiders fan is like 100% a great guy. <laughs> That's awesome. On right. Media. Right. Are you but sure about that? Raiders Josh fan? Jacobs hasn't heard from an angry Raiders fan after a bad game. I find it very hard to believe that in his college career, Josh Jacobs never heard a bad word from an Alabama fan. <laughs> yeah, that's like, perfect. I mean, like, you know what? Like, yes, there are assholes on Twitter. Welcome to the world. Right? You know, there's like, if I said that... <clears throat> If, I mean, I get whatever. I have, a, I have a million followers, and I don't say that in a bragging way, but just like I have a lot of followers, and so I get you know I get insane amount. You know my my notifications and comments are insane, and if I you know looked at those and then turned around and said 
you know, <laughs> whatever. Fuck you, Mike, if you've given me some shit about something. <laughs> I, I'd be fired. Right, yeah. ESPN would fire me the next day. Yeah, we're all fans of Josh Jacobs, or even if we're not, he has a more fans on Twitter than he doesn't have fans on Twitter. And he reduced everybody on Twitter, really, that plays fantasy football to the lowest common denominator, generalizing like that. It's just not, it's a bad look. And I know people yell at players too, but you kind of have to take the high road, especially if you're a player. Yeah, like, does it suck that, that fantasy players are jerks on social media? Of course it does, but that, like, that's the gig. Like, yeah. I wish it weren't that way, but if you're going to be a professional athlete like and be on social media, that's the gig. It's the same with actors and musicians and everything. You're going to have negative credit. Yeah. I mean, like, again, I have a, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a full-time employee of the Walt Disney Company. And I represent, um, here's a great example. Um, uh, and not to pick on her, but I, I just, because this is so well-known. Um, Britt McHenry. Britt McHenry is on, on vacation she is, it's a weekend, it's a Sunday night. Her car gets towed. And she goes, and she has a really bad moment. And she has, we've all had bad moments. I don't know that I would ever be that. I don't know that I would ever, you know, even in my worst moments, I don't think I speak like that. But whatever. She had a bad moment. And it was caught on camera. Mm. Now, she's not representing ES. Like, she's just, she's just an angry person. Who got her car towed. And I am sure that, you know, the people that deal with that, like, but Britt McHenry, because, because of, you know, and I mean, like, so my point is, is like, even though she's, she's not representing ESPN, she's not sitting there, you know, with a mic flag, you know, on a, on a sideline, it's a Sunday night and she's just trying to deal with a quote personal issue, like got blown up. You don't get to turn that off. You don't get to be ESPN's Britt McHenry, you know, on Sometimes Sunday, on Sunday yeah. morning game day, but not Sunday night when you're trying to get a car out. Like I represent ESPN and the Walt Disney Company 24-7, 365. Just like Josh Jacobs represents the Las Vegas Raiders and the NFL 24-7, 365. You can't divide that from your personality. And so anyone in the public eye on any level, that's part of the gig. Like you sign up for that. Like it is what it is. Like it's it stinks. Like I believe me, I wish I could throw a middle finger to people all the time. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. The, the funniest thing is I I do some work with uh from actors from General Hospital, which is also ABC and Disney. And I think soap opera actors have to have the thickest skin because they get destroyed on social media by the fans. They just they get. I mean, there's so much crazy, insane stuff on social media towards them. And people are so mean. We, yeah. yeah, because people I mean, are it's, real. It's harder for women and it's harder for minorities than anyone else, I believe. I mean, I'm not a woman, I'm not a minority, but I just, when I see the stuff that gets, it's it's the typical insults that everyone gets, and then there's an extra layer um, when you're dealing with race and gender. Like, it just, you know, and it's awful. Yeah, we, and we see that all the time with some of the, the, the women on Twitter that we're really cool with and we're in DM groups with. And sometimes I'll just share some of the DMs they get from people and you're like, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with people? It is God. crazy. It's, fr it's frightening. Like, if I got that message, I'd be scared. The thing on social media, though, is if you don't like someone, you can block them. So if Josh <laughs> Jacobs doesn't like fantasy right. football fans saying mean but, things about him, then block us, dude. Like, we're part of the reason. Me. 
yeah, he did. You know, the challenge with that is, is I used to block. I used to block in a significant way mm-hmm. early on, but then people would like start, you know, using it as a badge, mm-hmm. and people were like, oh, I got. And then some people would literally actively try to block to try to get blocked. to get blocked. Yeah, just right. for that badge oh, of honor from Matthew Barry. Which I, Good job. Right, which I never understood. I never like like ha ha. I was a dick. Look at this. Like like <laughs> like, ah, like like you know. Um, it's not tough to do, but um, so now I just mute people. Yeah, like I have like on my Twitter feed, it's um, you know there's all sorts of like uh, like quality filters and um, I just mute people. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Muting, no, muting's good because that even gives you the satisfaction of letting you know that they're they don't know that they're screaming into the void and it doesn't even bother <laughs> you because you're not you're not even hearing it. Yeah. And it is crazy. I never really thought about it. We have 11,000 followers for our show and we get a lot of DMs and I've got 5,000 followers and I get DMs. I couldn't imagine a million followers how many DMs you must get on your on your notifications. Yeah, incredible. You can't sure. DM me unless I follow you. Okay. Yeah, so I mean again like I have all sorts of whatever settings and what have you. So you can't DM me unless I follow you. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just stupid. It's, it's, uh, you know, I'm very blessed to, you know, uh, work in a very popular field of fantasy football and work for a, you know, large sports media company. And we're very happy that you came here and spoke with us this evening. I know we kept you a little bit longer than what you had expected, but, uh, we really appreciate you coming on here and doing it. And I think (laughs) It was a lot of fun to hear you say some of the stuff about the people in the league. And I think the people that, that made it out of here without fun. getting attacked, uh, maybe you come back another day and go after those guys. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to. Happy or maybe to, they should know. just they should do better in the league and then they're even worth mentioning. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff L. Heppy, where are you at, man? Where, what are you doing? Where are you at? So that's awesome. Jeff Collins. Uh, but again, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's been on here too. Yeah. We like Jeff. He's a good one. Yeah. And and I know we were. Who's dis- not a good one? Let's yeah, the whole league. I know I, we said that about everybody. <laughs> Who's not a good one? I'm honestly well, probably the worst human in the league. And you, you know. might be onto something. I doubt it. But and, no. No. We like everybody in the league. It's just funny because we, we um we say we say good things about the ones that have been on the show because we can actually say more about them because they've been on the show. But um yeah, no, everybody's been nice <laughs> to us in that league. Good to us. I will say this in in the two years of having the group chat, I think Shane is the only person that's left and come back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. The only person. <laughs> so it works that way. So, well, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we really appreciate you coming in today talking yeah, to us. Thanks very much, Matthew. My appreciate pleasure, it. My pleasure, guys. Um, thanks for the gracious words. And it was a very tough, um, uh, you know, very tough final. Like I said, I was uh, very happy to escape because I think you guys have a great escape. Team. And you guys have done a, uh, <laughs> escaped uh, by forty points. Great job in the league. Thank you, and and thanks, hope, hopefully we get to get a rematch next year. That'd be great. Have a great night, and thanks again. You bet. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Take care, Matthew. We'll so, see you out there. You. Bye. Well, so that was awesome. That was actually really fun. He was gracious. Uh, you know, I, it was great, man. I thought it's it's a good show. And you did really great, Mike, on handling all of that. Um, I mean, it, it, nothing, nothing to say except that was awesome. It really was. And I, I try to just kind of keep composure and think of things because, like, it's Matthew Barry, dude. Well, thanks. I mean, you can't escape that. Thanks. It was fun. And and look, I mean, you, you know, our, our listeners, 
we you listen to our show, we do certain things, and then a lot of times we go totally against what we thought we were going to do. And even leading into the interview, we just went right into it. So I think it was a lot of fun. And I think some people, especially people that know who Matthew was talking about, they will uh, get a kick out of out of some of that stuff. So before we wrap this up, I think uh, we're going to go do a Patreon show. But uh, Shane, tell everybody about our patrons. Yeah, stop sucking and uh, become a patron. Um, <laughs> patrons are better human beings than non-patrons. I know I took some time off from saying things like that because I was going through a rough patch and I wanted people to be nice to me, but now I don't care. Patrons are the HQ crew. Back. The HQ crew is better than non-HQ crew people. Um, we get Such cool things. You can go buy a cool um, HQ COVID mask. Which actually has nothing to do with the, the HQ crew. But now, yeah, we have a patron account. We have the uncensored version of this show, extra podcasts. Um, we'll have waiver wire podcasts coming up. We're going to have all types of stuff, live streams, uh, slow dancing, whatever you want. Slow dancing. I'm doing that. I'm signing up for that one. Awesome. And Jeremy, tell everybody about our store. Yeah, we, we do have a store where you can get all kinds of cool swag. Um, HQ swag um dynasty trades hq the brand new logo shirts hats stickers mugs i mean all kinds of things like shane alluded to the new covid19 mask um it's uh it's pretty awesome too lots of nice stuff check it out at dthq.storenv.com that's dthq.storenv.com and you could find us on itunes spotify podbean google play anywhere you listen to podcasts at Dynasty Trades HQ. You can also find us on Twitter at Dynasty Trades HQ. And you can find all three of us Jeremy Broen at Dynasty Madman, Shane Manila at Shane is the Worst, and myself, Michael Sipes at FF Blitz and at Pop Culture Blitz. And check us out on possibly TikTok <laughs> at Dynasty Trades HQ. Soon. Yeah, and and uh, I like I told Matthew, I just set one up, so it'll be fun to try to do something on there. I have uh, one too. I haven't used it, and a Discord too. Like it was all used for that football yes, thing for right. gamer huddle. But um, my son's excited to use it, so I never do. That's funny. I, these guys know all. These kids know everything about that mm-hmm. streaming yeah. and. I mean, I, I need to have my son help me. Honestly. It's awesome. Like what, what's great about it is, is like this is these they know skills that we've learned for jobs. Yeah, you know, what I mean? like we had to learn how to do like PowerPoint presentations and shit like that. Kids just know how to do that stuff. We're like, no, 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 I got to right. be doing it three. I'm doing a presentation over here. I have the audio editing over here, and you're just like. <laughs> Michael Jr. does it. Michael Jr. does that and also he's a junior in high school so he's taking yeah. uh, uh, you know coding classes and all that kind of stuff so um, like, I have Microsoft Office certification yeah like, I know how to use Excel th- th- but Thank that, you. that was Thank actually you. but that was actually one of Michael's classes uh, in ninth grade and at the in end of the grade. class he got certification he, in ninth grade in ninth that grade was one of those things that I think either it was that post college, like it was offered as like a a, a thing. To yeah, Microsoft <laughs> Office certified. Like okay, eight year olds know how to do that shit now. <laughs> Mike Michael is certified. Yes. Um. So hey, thanks for listening. I hope everybody enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you guys next week. Still recording. See you next week. <laughs> Say goodbye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>